CBS Wednesday. We have so many cool, diverse people from different backgrounds, different beliefs, different upbringings, and it just keeps growing. Citizen of the United States. I'm a hustler. I'm a big Taylor Swift fan. I'm the queen of the tribe. I am playing whatever role I gotta play. I'm gonna play this game for speed. I ain't going down like no punk. A new Survivor Wednesday on CBS and streaming on Paramount Plus. Jeremy Renner returns to Paramount Plus for a brand new season of the original hit series, Mayor of Kingstown. My job is to create a balance, avoid a war. From executive producer Taylor Sheridan, co-creator of Yellowstone. There's some new players in town, and they brought the flag. And Antoine Fuqua, director of Training Day. I know it's always been a war zone, Mike, but this is next level. The mayor is back in business. Are you warning me? You're going to find out. Mayor of Kingstown. New season streaming June 2nd, exclusively on Paramount+. Plus. Welcome in to the West of the Rest podcast, where we talk West Coast recruiting from the Bay Bridges to the Desert Ridges. It is Thursday, November 3rd, and we're coming to you a little bit later in the week due to some work-related travel. And I am joined by my jet-setting and soon-to-be-unverified co-host, Brandon <laughs> Huffman, the national recruiting editor for 24-7 Sports. How are you? I guess I'm more like Greg Biggins than I want to admit, because that dude's been trying to get very verified for years i've been verified for years we're both going to basically be, be the same we uh we, we we never fought for that blue check mark it was just kind of handed to us right it was just kind of given to us yeah. it was it was definitely not earned but you know it's one of those things now where it's like okay now we're all going to be on the level playing field unless we're shelling out the what what is it 10 bucks a month yeah, I think it's like eight bucks a month, which, you know, my 16 year old son, who is apolitical, he goes, Dad, if Elon Musk is the richest guy in the world, why is he about to try charge 20 bucks a month for Twitter? Like, that doesn't make any sense. I'm like, hey, tell me about it. But welcome to, you know, called being an adult. Yeah, capitalism and all that. And, and then obviously, how did Elon get that rich, right? Like uh, the dude, the dude knows what he's doing. He sure does. I mean, if he I, wants to dog me, I'll sell out my dad right now. Sorry, dad. <laughs> I want to live in a world where you and I don't pay for the for the blue check mark, but then mm -hmm. at Greg Biggins does. Like yeah, how is. how rich would that be? <laughs> at least for two at least for two months. Yes. Well, how many times do you think he's been rejected? I think it's three times now. Poor guy. Yeah. Well, Elon, if you're listening, Twitter, if you're listening, please verify our, our guy at Greg Biggins before uh, this new policy goes into, into into effect, at least so he can say he's been verified for a little bit. You know who else is verified? That's us. We are on uh, 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 we are on social media at Biangulo, Brandon Huffman, at Brandon Huffman. You could follow the podcast at West of the Rest FB. Remember to give this football recruiting podcast feed a five-star rating wherever you find your podcast. And please review us on Apple Podcasts like and subscribe to the 24 7 sports youtube channel we're going to get into some recruiting buzz uh stanford commits taking a visit out to georgia uh, usc ucla um colorado a, a number of pac-12 schools landed commitments in the last week we're also going to recap uh our travels huff was in the bay area i was in phoenix arizona we caught up with a ton of of high level prospects but before we get to all that let's begin with our overreaction segment and Huff, Julian Sayan, the number one player in California in the 2024 class, announced his commitment to the Alabama Crimson Tide on Wednesday. And that means that the two 
top quarterbacks out West being Julian Sain and the number one overall prospect Dylan Rayola are both off the board. Rayola is going to Ohio State. Sain's going to Tuscaloosa. That leaves uh, some slim pickings, I think, for a number of West Coast programs. And when we talk about the troubles that some of the West Coast schools have had, not only in talent acquisition, but also keeping top prospects out West, especially at the quarterback position, uh, could they be in trouble in 2024 or are we just overreacting? No, I don't think we're overreacting at all because it's a great top-end quarterback. Go back in time with me, if you will, Blair, to the spring of 2020 when one Mr. Bryce Young was enrolling at University of Alabama and C.J. Stroud from Southern California was enrolling at Ohio State, not even to mention D.J. Uyandalele enrolling at Clemson. And shortly after, I might even been shortly before, the West of the rest was birthed because so many East Coast, Southern schools were taking players from the West. Well, here we are four years later, and Alabama and Ohio State returned to the West Coast to land two of the preeminent quarterbacks in that class. The problem is there's not a guy like DJ in that top three out West. There are some really good quarterbacks there, but the top-end talent, once again, is leaving the region. So that means guys like an Elijah Brown, a Damon Williams, an Isaac Wilson, you know, they're going to become that much more attractive, that much more popular with the Western schools. Now, again, four years ago, Oklahoma and Texas weren't leaving the Big 12, and UCLA and USC were firmly entrenched in the Pac-12. So college football, as we know it, is becoming less geographical and more national. But once again, the West could be finding themselves holding an empty bag with the top quarterbacks from the region. You know, and, and if not for Lane or for Link, I was going to say Link, if, if not for Link and Riley, the West Coast schools would be striking out once again in, in this 2023 recruiting cycle, right? Considering that Nico Iamaleava is headed to Tennessee, you've got uh, Jaden Rashada headed to Miami, you know, at least for the time being with a month to go into the early signing period, it, it does look like USC is salvaging it a bit, but we're kind of regressing to the mean in 2024. Now, Elijah Brown, you mentioned him, he would be the next next guy up in in those dominoes and and with that effect he's the modern day quarterback there's a lot of ties to USC Greg Biggins has reported that the Trojans appear to be in a really good spot there uh but then after that Isaac Wilson's been you know, toying with the idea of going away from the West Coast. He took unofficial game visits to Michigan and Oklahoma State. He's been out to places like Georgia, places like LSU, and, and a number of other spots in the summer to to kind of get some looks. You know, Damon Williams was just on the road a couple of weeks ago. He made it out to a game at Ole Miss. He will be at UCLA for the USC game later this month. So it would appear maybe that the Bruins have the best shot of keeping him out West if, if he doesn't take his talents out to, to the SEC and we will touch on Damon Williams a little bit more. I got to see him last week in Phoenix, but it's uh the 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 rope is a lot tighter now, right? Like there is uh the room for error for some of these West Coast programs it is is a is a lot bigger now. I, I think it's 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 a tough sledding and, and it's gonna be a tough way for them to to fight an uphill battle with a guy like Julian saying uh essentially not really looking at at these schools right he was considering texas at one point georgia was high up on his list lsu it, it came down to at the end with alabama um so there was never really a talk of him even staying uh out west and you know it, it's it's a little sad huff because he lives right by the water in carlsbad it's a beautiful town on the way down to san diego uh he's got the sun you know what 360 days out of the year uh it's it's a beautiful down there um but he says hey 
you know, I want to play big time college football, so I'm taking my talents to Tuscaloosa. Uh, that, but that's that's the world that we're living in, and and it's it's cause for alarm for a lot of these West Coast schools. You know, not that he was ever going to go to San Diego State, but let's just think of there is a world where San Diego State had good quarterback play at any point in recent years, and they joined the Pac-12. Can you imagine what recruiting would be like? They have a new stadium. They have. Let's be realistic. They've got the best location of any school in the United States of America because San Diego is just better than pretty much everywhere. And guys are leaving San Diego to to go to Tuscaloosa. Now, obviously, he wasn't going to go to San Diego State. He was going to go somewhere national. But again, the the, the West Coast schools are left empty-handed with a guy like Julian Sand heading across the country. And again, if if we're not... I say this almost every week, Blair. I feel like we, we repeat their, ourselves. We started this podcast largely to introduce the rest of the country to so many of these players that were going national, but it's the success that those guys are having on the national stage. Bryce Young winning the Heisman Trophy. Uh, obviously, Keely Ringo with the pick six that that iced the national championship game. Brock Bauer scoring a touchdown, being an All-American. You know, this is last this last weekend. JT Tumolo, the wire-to-wire number one player uh, in the 2021 class, had a breakout game. I mean, we're seeing what these guys on the West Coast can do on the national stage. So you can understand why a Julian Sand is leaving to go to the Southeast, to go play at Alabama, to go play in an offensive system that has been throwing the ball a ton in recent years. Ever since Nick Saban brought Lane Kiffin on his staff, their insistence on throwing the ball as opposed to winning up front with with the running game and the offensive line has been attractive. So uh, again, while the West Coast schools were trying, it's hard to compete against a school like in Alabama, no matter how great the weather is in Carlsbad and in San Diego, which is yeah, great. huge huge pickup for for Nick Saban, Julian saying taking his talents to Tuscaloosa. On the topic of of twenty twenty four, and and this is our next overreaction. Uh, could EJ Kaminong, who announced his commitment to Washington last week, could he be the sneakiest good recruiting win in this next cycle? Although it's it's a bit early, Huff. We've got about what thirteen months to go until these twenty twenty four prospects put pen to paper but i think down the road this could unravel as as potentially the sneakiest good pickup absolutely and to get his commitment early at a time where a lot of these national schools were recruiting the west coast and while there would have probably been far more pac-12 offers coming into coming on you know with, with i think four pac-12 north offers that he had Washington was able to get on him. They offered Damon Williams early. I think that they offered Julian Sand relatively early on, but they really had targeted EJ as their guy. He's a guy that I think is going to continue to ascend up the rankings. Wouldn't be a surprise if he joins the top 247 in the next 2024 update. But a guy that I think his best football is going to be played when he gets into college. Plays at a good Garfield program right now, but I think the jump in talent that he'll have at the receiver's positions when he gets to college is going to be huge. And I think, you know, for Washington's sake, to be able to get a local prospect in what's going to be a very good class in-state in 2024 to get EJ's commitment that's a big pickup for them from an offensive standpoint, but also it could pay big dividends for their class in the 2024 cycle. Yeah, really good there for the Huskies and and for Coach Kalen DeBoer as as they get the wheels churning a little bit and, and really get their footing there in Seattle. A nice pickup there. Uh, we're going to continue our conversation on some recruiting buzz, including Stanford tight end commit Walker Lyons headed out to Athens. You are listening to the West of the Rest podcast. Hello, everyone. It's Michael Richards here. You might have seen me on CBS working on their Champions League coverage over the last couple of years. I wanted to tell you about an exciting new podcast that I've been working on. It's called The Rest is Football. 
It's me, alongside Gary Lineker and Alan Shearer, two absolute legends of the game. The show combines topical debate from the world of soccer along with outrageous tales from our careers. And I mean, outrageous. Just search The Rest is Football wherever you get your podcasts. All the best from Big Meets. On May 23rd... I want to go back to normal. What's normal? The Paramount Plus original series, Evil Returns. We've already hunted werewolves and demons. And now what? A baby antichrist? <laughs> Prepare yourself. You will not beat us. For the end. I have visions of hell. Make it stop. Make it shut up. You're not gonna survive this. Evil. The final season. Streaming May 23rd. Only on Paramount+. Plus. We're back on the West of the Rest podcast, Blurring Gulo with Brandon Huffman, National Recruiting Editor at 24-7 Sports. You could follow him on Twitter at Brandon Huffman for all his, I guess for the time being, verified tweets. <laughs> uh, and you have been on this one for a long time. And, and people, if you want to search at Brandon Huffman and, and search Walker Lions, you'll see that that Huff has, has been essentially on top of this recruitment for forever. And Georgia, seemingly it looks like Huff, wants not just one tight end, not just two tight ends. They want all the tight ends. It reminds me of what the great philosopher LeBron James once said in Miami. Not one, not two, not three, Although George is probably going to win more titles than LeBron did in Miami, but it doesn't hurt when you have, you know, we mentioned Brock Bowers earlier. It doesn't hurt when you have a player like Brock Bowers who's a Northern California product doing what he's done in the year and a half that he's been at Georgia. That's attracted to the Walker lines. The other thing, and I mentioned this in the story that I put out on Wednesday evening about Walker that makes his recruitment unique is he's technically a 2020-24 signee. He's going to leave to serve his LDS mission in January of 2023. After he plays in the All-American Bowl and the Polynesian Bowl, he won't enroll at a school until the fall of 2024. So while Stanford is, is in line to get his signature in December, after a year, that NLI becomes null and void and other schools will have a chance. So he's at least, he's got the other official visit. He's got one left. Going to head down to the biggest game of the year, Georgia against Tennessee. Georgia's doing a great job getting the ball to their tight ends. They're doing a great job with their Northern California tight end. And he also went out to Utah for an unofficial visit when they played the uh, USC early in the year. Saw Dalton Kincaid get 16 catches in that game. So he's at least getting out and seeing some other schools. While Stanford has been struggling a little bit offensively, he did cite that Ben Eurosex use this year at Stanford has been attracted to him. But I have a feeling there's still a couple more twists and turns with Walker's recruitment. Yeah, and we just never know with a, a player that's taking a mission, right? Because they could usually change their mind after after they're basically back, right? Like they're they become in a way free agents uh, when they are returning from their mission to eventually enroll and, and join a football team. Uh, we saw it this past year with Andrew Gentry, who was a high profile victory for Virginia out of high school, a four star prospect, six seven Polynesian Bowl All Star, and he ends up. You know, having a meeting with Jim Harbaugh, uh, I think on a weekend when he was home after his his uh, his two year church mission, and you know, obviously there were changes at Virginia. He ends up at Michigan, and uh, now he's player hosting uh, big time official visitors that also intend to at some point go on missions. So uh, that that's that's one of the wrinkles here that could be playing a factor. Um, and and remember and the, the the other thing is that. 
if he doesn't enroll, the Riley Nelson rule doesn't go into effect. And if you remember the Riley Nelson rule, it was you would have to sit out a year if you transferred to another school like you're a transfer. I guess you'd have it would count as a transfer. You wouldn't have to sit out the year now with the one-time transfer rule away. But your transfer is now utilized if you enroll at a school and then go somewhere else upon your return. But if he doesn't enroll, all bets are off. Yeah, yeah, and I think that's something that recruits have been noticing, right? Like, I don't think they even step foot on campus. Some of them don't enroll, just knowing that that could be a, a possibility at, at some point to maybe potentially make a change. But I mean, Georgia and tight ends, I mean, you know, I, I think you look at what Coach Todd Hartley has done, uh, the emphasis at, at the position, and then what they do on the recruiting trail. I mean, I saw Deuce Robinson on Thursday, and, and you know, I, I guess maybe I should touch on it now, but USC has four crystal ball predictions right now for the number one tight end in the country. But there's a lot of Georgia smoke there. There's a lot of, of buzz right now that Georgia could potentially be making a, a considerable push here. And and remember, this is a player who wants to play football and baseball. And when you factor in the, the I guess, the multi-sport aspect of it and and, and maybe combine the, the experiences, you know, you factor in USC tight end usage versus Georgia tight end usage. I, I think the Bulldogs win out there. You factor in USC baseball, which has been maybe the lowest of low in the history of that of that program at USC with Georgia baseball, which you know is a perennial College World Series suitor, right? A program that could get to Omaha every year, uh, and you're facing SEC pitching every every week. That's I think giving uh, uh, Georgia a, a, a nice considerable edge there too. So uh, keep an eye on the Bulldogs for yet another tight end in this 2023 class. The number one prospect, Deuce Robinson, and obviously Walker Lyons will be in Athens this weekend. A couple commitments to break down, Huff. David Peavy uh, from San Diego, four-star edge, uh, he announced his commitment to USC, and then UCLA also had a couple commitments. Ethan O'Connor from Los Alamitos and then three-star edge Solomone Malafu out of Hawaii uh, from Kauai, actually. We actually got to see him in Maui uh, during the Under Armour Camp Series stop there over the summer. What stands out to you about any of those commitments? Well, I, I like the, the Solomone Malafu commitment. You know, we got to see him back in January. Uh, he comes from, uh, I think it's the island of Kauai, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, Kapa'a. Kapa High School in Kauai. So, you know, he's not a, a Oahu player where it seems like 95% of the talent that signs every year out of Hawaii comes from, although his teammate uh, signed with Oregon in the 2022 cycle. But we got to see him that same week that his teammate committed. Um, we saw him up in North Shore while we were out there for the Polynesian Bowl. Uh, saw him at the, uh, the the North Shore, the Laie uh, Skills event that they did. He had made the flight over from Kauai to that event. And he came to the National Preps event in Las Vegas. Really liked him there in February. Uh, then you and I got to see him out in Maui. And just that, you know, kind of a quiet kid, but kind of like that quiet assassin type. You watch his film and he could flat out play. He's a, he's a really good player. He's just off literally on another island by himself. And so maybe he doesn't have the 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 national attention that you know some of the guys from St. Louis and Punahou and Kamehameha and, and Kahuku get, but he could definitely hold his own with the best of the players from Oahu and a guy that UCLA went in on, got it to visit, I want to say in May, and then rode through him taking some other official visits to, to end with him. I love that pickup for UCLA. And I think that Solomone is a player that's really going to, to flourish in college. 
Yeah, it sounds like they view him at, at linebacker. I thought that he could potentially grow into an edge rusher, a player that can do some stuff off off the edge and off to the outside. But, you know, it was interesting that he mentioned that the move to the Big Ten is something he's really excited about. Uh, you know, I, don't send this to the Regents, but he, he said he he said he's super excited because it's going to be a bigger platform. It's going to provide him with better opportunities to not only play better competition, but also to improve as a player. And, uh, you know, I think he he noticed kind of the impact that that coach Ken Norton Jr. is is making with that linebacker group, which, you know, right now, I think the UCLA defense has been looking a little bit better than they were over the last few years. And it's a reason why, what, they're 12th right now in the college football uh, playoff ranking. So, um, you know, I think a lot of optimism there for for the Bruins with Solomon Malafu, three-star corner Jordan Shaw also announced his commitment. He's from St. Pius down in Downey, California, committed to Colorado. So he picks the bus despite the the uh, the absence, I guess, of a full-time head coach. Let's get into the recruit performances of the week, Huff. You were up in the Bay. I was down in Arizona. That's why we said the Bay Bridges to the Desert Ridges. Who stood out to you in what how many stops did you make? Was it was it multi like a like double digit stops? Oh yeah, double digit stops at schools. I went to four games on Thursday night. I went and saw Folsom against Rockland. Got to see uh, Notre Dame commit Rico Flores. We talked about Walker Lyons. He broke his tibia uh, in the first game of the season, so he was on the sidelines. He'll be back hoping for the state championship game and then the bowl games. Um, got to see Austin Mack, who's one of the top quarterbacks in the 2024 class. On Friday, I went and saw UCLA commit Luke Duncan. Um, on Saturday, I saw Oregon commit Jerry Mixon and Arizona State commit R.L. Miller. BYU commit uh, David Angelanu. Washington commit Solani Fasolo. And then the son of Stanford head coach David Shaw, his son Carter Shaw. Uh, so I made the most of that trip. Was over at Pittsburgh High School, talked to Jaden Rashado while I was out there, and you know made it a point to see a number of the top players in the region. And you know it, it's fascinating when you get to this time of year, you can start getting into playoff time, and you know you, you get to see kind of the, the cream rise to the top. And what's been interesting is you know a lot of these guys are still trying to balance their season. The 24s are getting on the road, getting to see some schools, but now you have the 23s, like a Walker Lions taking the visit. So got to you know all kinds of recruiting inside. But the best performance I saw of the week, you know, his dad's team did not do that well that night at the Rose Bowl. But Carter Shaw had himself a hell of a game and really impressive. I've seen him about three different times this year. This is the first time I've seen him in a game. Really liked what I saw from him. He had an 80-yard touchdown that kind of broke the tie and allowed them to snap Menlo Atherton, who was playing without Jurion Dickey, who's injured. Uh, that was the only bummer. We didn't get to see Jurion Dickey. But Carter Shaw, you know, making some plays. His dad's offense could really use a joke of Carter Shaw right now. Yeah, and, and you know, he's a, a player right now who – you know, he has what Yale. I, I know that's one of the offers. Is Stanford in the picture at all? Stanford's in the picture. You, you know, probably wouldn't hurt them to, to make an offer. Um, he's also got San Jose State. You know, so he's got some offers. And, and I would imagine that when he gets down to it, you know, Stanford will, will make a push or, you know, with as much money as Dave's making, maybe he'll walk on. But yeah. And, but the, there's a, some sort of rule too, right? Where employee, like employee uh, offspring can kind of, can kind of, yeah. can kind of like enroll into a school and stuff like that. <laughs> Especially right. at private schools, I think they got some loopholes. Yeah, some loopholes there. So maybe, maybe David Shaw is, is saving the scholarships for uh, 
you know, for some other guys that maybe are, are you know, they're battling for. Uh, yeah, and, and I was in Phoenix and, uh, you know, got to see a number of players, uh, Deuce Robinson on Thursday, Caleb Lomu uh, also on Thursday, Elijah Page, the four-star offensive tackle committed to USC. I really liked what I, what I saw out of Caleb Lomu on, on the Highland side. Uh, he, he's a terrific athlete and uh, his bend and his flexibility and the, and the way he's able to move, um, I think is 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 why exactly why he's being recruited and and i think he's you know i think he could even be more more of a national recruit like you know michigan is probably the the most national offer he has uh but i think he's got the potential to be even in in that echelon above that right with the ohio states and the bamas and and the georgias Uh, i thought he was remarkable i i uh i was really impressed i really liked uh what i what i saw out of damon williams on friday they actually beat chandler and, and dylan rayola it was a gutsy performance 14 to 7 final score but not a lot of points but i think we got enough out of that game from an evaluation standpoint to see that damon williams uh has kind of that gamer mentality he uh, can grind through series he can pick up first downs with his legs he can make those third down throws to the to the marker when he has to uh and then he's got a really really good strong arm downfield um you know he needs to work a little bit on those intermediate throws especially finding his rhythm but when they do dial it up deep, uh, you can really see that that natural arm talent with him. So a remarkable athlete uh, with some terrific tools. I think obviously the size is maybe the biggest question mark, and you know probably the only thing that's keeping him from being that that thirty offer quarterback right now. Uh, but there's a lot to like there, and and obviously it's it's very evident why uh, you know schools like Ole Miss and UCLA and and Oregon and Cal and and a number of others, Michigan State, you know all of those are, are trying to get him on campus for for visits. Dylan Rayola, I, I really liked as well. They only scored seven points, uh, but you know he was under duress all night. I thought he was able to kind of maintain his rhythm in the pocket. You know, had an interception where it was deflected and and. Um, you know, that that stuff kind of happens. But, you know, I I think there's nothing there that we saw where we're like, oh, maybe he's not the number one player. Like, I I think I saw him. I'm like, clearly, I think he's the number one player in that 2024 class. So a lot of good stuff. Uh, I think I'm taking a week off from the road, Huff, but I will be back next week on the road to Salt Lake City. There's a high of 31, a high of 31 for, for the first games. And then games two and three... I think the high is 28. So I'm I'm super excited as a Southern California guy who has no, no gear that that could keep him warm. I'm uh I've got to get creative here I think in the next week. I would say that you could come to Washington where we went from shorts weather in mid-October. I got sunburned at a game the middle of October to the point where now it's going to be rainy and cold. I'm basically going to Canada on Friday. I'm going to go watch Notre Dame commit Jaden Lamar, uh, Washington commit Landon Hatchet play back-to-back games. I mean, I'm basically going to be in the Great White North. So I'll, I'll, I'll let you know what cold weather is like in preparation. Yeah, it's going to be a lot of fun. I'm uh, really excited for the weather changes and hopefully no weather delays. I think, you know, as long as we don't see snow and we don't, you know, get caught up in Salt Lake City for a few extra days and I have to be there, then, uh, yeah, I think we'll, we'll take it and we'll take that as a victory. It'll be the semifinals of the Utah High School Association uh, 6A and 5A uh, championship tournament. So um, I'm really excited to go see the players as long as they win this week and I can I can see the guys that, that uh, right now I have 
jotted down in pencil to go see. Anything else before we go, Huff? Hey, you know what? We are heading to the, the, the crazy season. We have one Pac-12 coaching opening, or actually two Pac-12 coaching openings. The, the cycle will be very intriguing with Brian Harson being let go at Auburn. Does he make a return to the West? I don't think we'll ever hit the craziness we did of last offseason, but hey, you know what? We got signing day in like six weeks from today. Yeah, yeah, seven, days, seven uh, weeks from today. I mean, and we're saying we're saying next month, right? Next like month, we're we're, we're saying day. yeah, we're saying signing day twenty twenty two is next month, which is insane to think about. So, athletic directors, be very considerate of us and stop trying to hire a bunch of new coaches in that time. It'd be very thoughtful if you guys would do something to you know maybe think of us. Yeah, think of, think of the little guys that are about to lose their check marks on Twitter. You can follow Huffman at Brandon Huffman. You can follow me at B. Angulo. You can follow the podcast at West of the Rest. If you like the show, please help us out. Give us those five stars. Follow the podcast, leave a review, and also subscribe to the 24-7 Sports YouTube channel so you don't miss any of the action. For Brandon Huffman and our producer, Lance Glenn, I am Blair Angulo. Thanks for listening to this edition of the West of the Rest podcast. season is in full swing which means you need to listen to fantasy baseball today part of the cbs sports podcast network join scott white chris towers and me frank stample every weekday as we recap every player from every game we'll talk waiver wire ads drops players to trade for prospects who could make an impact and everything in between make sure to download and follow on apple Podcasts, spotify the odyssey app and everywhere else podcasts are found